When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome everybody. We are in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It is time for another edition of the unofficial 40. We're, uh, we are plus one. We're heavy one beat journalist today, and Jason Kersey is back with us for the first time since Iowa. Well, the last time we talked to you, Lubbock, we were in Lubbock. Iowa together. Lubbock. Lubbock. Was it Lubbock? Yes. Was Lubbock, That's when so you crazy. so graciously let me sleep in your hotel room. Uh, come on now. It was a double. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a CPAP machine on, so, you know, wasn't a whole lot we were going to be able to do <laughs> sexually, if you know what I mean. Great start. This is a gr- this is an awesome. So start. oral is off the table, but other things weren't. Is what you're saying? <laughs> but play was in play. Wow. Um, oh, okay. They so. do a lot. I, I, I bet if we go a little bit south of here, down in uh, Dade County, uh, we could probably find some of that. Oh God, you could find some of that here if you wanted to. In Broward County? Are we in Broward? Is Broward County technically uh, Fort Lauderdale? Because well, I, I noticed that we were in Broward County when we went Boca up to Raton. Boca Raton. Yeah, we were in Broward County there. I don't know about here. The king anyway. of butt play, probably. We need to get a hold of Coach Kiffin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so today was really the first full day of media festivities. Uh, we had uh, offensive and defensive coordinator availability today. Uh, we had player availability. Uh, we got to talk to Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, we got to talk to not Kyler Murray because he didn't show up today. Uh, which dun dun dun! Wow, seems like we've been through this before. Uh, maybe like last year with Baker Mayfield, and it all started off when Kel Gundy finally got to uh, talk to the media. It was really weird, guys, because it was like the the video side. They have two different sides. They have a big screen in between them, so they have the video side and then the print side. And I'll be honest, I didn't even notice. I don't. It might have been Kersey's tweet. Somebody tweeted out that he wasn't here. I was like, holy crap, I should have gone over to that other side to make sure. Yeah, I think it was Eric Bailey that... Eric maybe Bailey, got, maybe. Was it... Or did you tweet something? I don't, I don't even remember. I tweeted something, but I don't know if it was first. I don't yeah. remember. So so then I go, and, and I'm like, oh, crap, I got to figure out what's going on. And so I went to Hal, Mike Hal, the sports information director, director of sports strategery or something. Like, I don't know what he... He's got some weird title. Um, but uh, strategery. That was, that was the... Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> that was the Will Ferrell. I can say strategic. That was the Will Ferrell George uh, W. Bush. Strategic. Thing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, he tells me the same thing, which was Kyler got in touch with them last night, and he was feeling under the weather, so they didn't make him come today. Uh, and so then finally, Kale Gundy is over talking to the media, and he's answering all these questions about Kyler Murray, what he does. And so after about four minutes, I'm like, 
hey, Kale, uh, we're talking about Kyler Murray. Where the hell is he? We, we asked you so much about Kyler, but he's not here. Can you, is there anything you can tell us on his status? No, I didn't know anything about it until so, I got in the car this morning. So. He was able to practice yesterday just fine. Because <laughs> I guess Mike said he was a little bit sick last night. Yeah, that, I just heard that this morning. So I'm sure the doctors probably got with him and probably thought it was best to just get a little rest before practice. Not two years in a row with this stuff. I know. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Keep your quarterbacks in like a bubble for <laughs> December. Of course, when they got to go to New York and Atlanta yeah. and all that stuff. Well, it's, it's been a crazy month. It's been a crazy last couple of weeks for him. Well, they said he wasn't feeling well. That's well, not sick. He may have been feeling well because he thought he had to come here. You know, Baker. Oh, Baker misses this. He's sick. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I can't answer. I didn't know anything about it until I got in the car this morning. How about Salty Berry Travel right there? <laughs> well, I think that's <laughs> Maybe he's what just happened. sick of us. Is that your? Is that what you're saying? Or I kind of think that's what happened. I, yeah, I just don't think he wanted to go through it. I mean. What's he going to be asked? He's going to be asked about baseball. He's going to be asked about the Heisman. And then he's going to obviously be asked about Alabama. It's all shit that he's talked about for the last month. I mean, he's probably done more media appearances in the last month than he did all season, to be honest. That's what this thing is like. I mean, Jason, you've covered a lot of this stuff. And he has to do the mandatory media day tomorrow. The last time we were here was the Joe Mixon thing, and he hadn't talked all year. And then, like, this day that's coming up tomorrow, media day, you're forced to make everyone available, and Mixon's lawyers wouldn't let him do any media, but he had to, or the school would have been fined a tremendous amount of money. Yeah, yeah. So wasn't it like isn't it like ten thousand dollars or something? It's it's lot. something stupid. I remember it's that. It's five figures. I know it might be it might be more than ten thousand. It might be closer to fifty or something like that. That's insane. So I remember Joe Paterno didn't open up the locker rooms after was it a Rose Bowl? Maybe. And they got fined like fifty grand or something like that. Wouldn't open a locker room, but had no problem (laughs) keeping the showers open. Oh boy. Uh, So yeah, but he'll have to be there tomorrow. I mean, oh, I I would imagine he will be. And you know, as we said, he was he was out of practice today. So I I think it was more of a, and it kind of shows you like, kind of shows you what kind of big dick Kyler's swinging right now because he's one of Heisman. He's like, by the way, not going to your media. By the way, yeah, I mean. I don't blame him. If he is sick of doing it, I don't blame him at all. I mean, he's done a lot of media stuff. He's clearly not comfortable with it. Last year with Baker, it was he was definitely sick. You no knew doubt. it when you yeah. went out to practice. Oh, he looked he was and sick as Carrie said it earlier. Yeah. He was sick as a dog last yeah. year. Yeah, and when he showed up, uh he showed up sort of in glorious fashion there halfway through media day. Which I still <laughs> it could be debated if that wasn't planned like that. Yeah, I mean last it was. year. Um Well he said he made the 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 media person bring him over to the hotel yeah, it was just, he, no it was just some guy he was watching it on espn and he was sick of lincoln getting watching asked his about teammates it. or something yeah. yeah he said he didn't want everybody having to answer a bunch of questions about him yeah and so but th- with this case I mean, maybe he's under the weather i don't know i don't know but all i know it was a is 45 minute was it 45 minute, or was it 30 this morning uh, 45. It was 9.30 to 10.15. It was 45. I don't know if it started on time. It's yeah. cut, it's, you switch every, right. every 20 minutes between the print okay. and the So TV. it was yeah. 40 minutes of talking. Yes. And, and to be honest, I mean, we're all print guys in here. Well, except for Eddie. It, but he'll back me up yeah, on this. Really, really. The questions in the in the video room. Oh, my God. They're were not you, high were you in the video room? Today? Yeah, we could go through some of them if we really wanted to. I could dig some up. But it was mainly local media members from Miami talking about uh, How's you it? having a good time in Miami? 
How are the beaches treating How you? How are the beaches treating you? Yeah. Uh, Did you have a good time before go to Chow? If one of your players was going to go to a nightclub on South Beach. <laughs> Those do come up, yes. Which one would get in trouble? I heard Damian Harris talking about that like off camera, and he's like, what, what was I supposed to say to that? Like, Am I, am I going to sell a teammate out? rat someone out? Yeah. That's, wow. Maybe that's what they were doing. They were trying to find a snitch. Uh, maybe that maybe that TV person actually uh, had some side hustle and they wanted to sell some blow. That could possibly. Uh, I don't or, know if these people looked like that. Or Nick Saban paid off that TV person. Yeah, that could be even to more. To find possible. out who he has to watch out for. <laughs> Who's got to be <laughs> That's processed? Next level to Nick Saban right there. Yeah. I don't know, though. I could see if that happens. I could see Saban just making bodies disappear if one of his players got in trouble down here. Well, I mean, they suspended three, uh, one being a starting offensive lineman, uh, which, you know, strangely enough, I. You think Alabama's got all these people, you know, back them up, and, the, and they do. They have five stars on top of five stars on top of five stars. Um, but this is not, I mean, SEC championship, this game, those are two games where you really don't want this kind of rearing its ugly head. I mean, Georgia, and not to say that Oklahoma's going to be able to do the same because, you know, that, that group up front hasn't been able to do it all year with Neville Gallimore and Imani Bledsoe and uh, Kenneth Mann and whoever they're going to throw at him, but... That's one thing Georgia did really well in the SEC championship game is they were able to get pressure on, on Tua. And, I, I mean, obviously that would be a and game they, changer. they don't have they, – they're not a big sack team. I mean, like, they yeah. – I was – I would be looking on pro football focus and it always had, like, quarterback hurries and sacks. And, like, Georgia, besides OU, was, like, the only team in the top 15 that had terrible sack numbers. But yeah. they were all over Tua in that SEC championship game. Yeah. I still don't think he's going to do no, anything. No, no, against no. no. I, there's, I'm just saying, there's nothing on paper to make you think that that is going to happen. There's nothing out there. But I will say, I mean, they, I, I did think, and we can get into it more when talking to Ruffin McNeil. It was, it's kind of an interesting, I guess, thing going into the game is that this is the first game that McNeil's had to really game plan for somebody. I mean, you're because you're, yeah, you're pretty much game planning on the fly during the season. Right. And that's what they've been doing since I mean, maybe October. Ellinger they could have because it was the second time they played him, uh, and they did a much better job, you know, in that game. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Do you I, think, Do you think though, that Kenneth Murray uh, reads any of the criticism? Because <laughs> he doesn't listen to any outside noise. Except just look through Everybody. his Twitter likes. <laughs> well, that's and not I know listening. That. That's reading. Read through some of his Twitter likes. By the yeah. okay, I, I I don't want to bury the lead, here, but obviously coming in today, I think there were two big storylines that everybody was kind of chasing nationally, which was Kyler Murray won the Heisman. How much motivation does that give Alabama? And the other, how is Tua's leg? Uh, how is his you know after coming back from the surgery? And uh, Tua actually spoke on that, and you guys can judge after this if Tua is. Uh, you've seen some of the highlights from him at practice. Is Tua maybe playing possum a little bit? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting treatment at this moment. Um, no, but it's been a lot better. If I could grade it from scale one or zero to 100, um, probably say it's at about 80 to 85 percent. So it's been really good. Was setbacks in practice or it felt good? No, no setbacks. Was there, the the way that avoid? worked out, is it, did they come to you and you just said, okay, this is what we're going to do, or did you have to kind of weigh the pros and cons of that like if I don't get it I could still be okay with, with what the surgery having the surgery like you did um you know I I let my parents you know kind of deal with that with with how they wanted to go about doing things with the trainers um you know they they talk to the trainers and the trainers 
and my parents sat me down and talked to me about it. And I told them as long as it's fine with my parents, I'm I'm fine with it. So, Did you, have you guys read about kind of what the surgery is that he had? No, not at no. all. They do. No, they call it like a zip tie or something. They basically take your ankle and they they zip tie it together to to so it you know the high ankle sprain. So is like it stabilizes a, it. Is it an operation that they'll go back in after the season's over and clean it back out? I think so. I mean, they, they put some stuff in there. It's basically like a Band-Aid for what they need right now for him to play. It's just this guy that in, in Birmingham that believes in these surgeries for high ankle sprains, and that's what they do. And it's pretty hmm. ingenious. I mean, I'm, I haven't been like, oh, this is, this is the, you know, this is – the dark side, or I mean, this—it's just what Alabama does. That's really interesting. Are they so? Maybe oh, you should have looked in that for Marquise Brown. I don't well, think he's that just a foot injury. Yeah, I'm just—I'm just being a smart aleck. <laughs> I don't even think that Marquise Brown is as hurt as people think he is. He what? really did look fine today, but there was a point where he stopped. Know. He stopped know. and he went over back behind everything. He just stood there for a while. Yeah, I thought that was kind he's of a interesting. Slacker. <laughs> He's just lazy. <laughs> Did he go back there and be like, "Okay, do you think that we fooled him? Should I keep going?" Yeah, I don't know, man. Because think- it's so weird that Lincoln hasn't addressed it at all. Yeah, like anytime he's asked about it, he's just we don't know yet. Like, yeah. no, you well, know, he's only been able to be asked once or twice <laughs> you know, over the last. Yeah, month. well, he's been asked twice, and it's basically been the same bullshit answer every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Well, he'll get asked it again tomorrow. Several, several times. I hope OU doesn't. I hope OU has some people that don't even show up tomorrow. That'd really aggravate some people around here. I'm going to tell you if if Lincoln comes in tomorrow and doesn't answer it or doesn't answer, you know, doesn't really address it or won't address it. Basically, the guy's hurt and they've done their job in convincing the world that he's going to play. Yeah, but I mean, what's the advantage to convincing them that he is going to play? Wouldn't you rather? People think he's not going to play and then surprise him. Because, I mean, if he doesn't play, I mean, oh, he's got some other good, talented receivers. But they don't have anybody else like him. I'd be a one. So, wouldn't if you're going to trick people, wouldn't it be you want to trick them into thinking he's not going to play? I would be 1,000% shocked if he didn't play. Me too. That's how I feel too. I feel like after watching him today, he can go out there and play, but I don't know that they know exactly how effective he can be. Right. They don't know if he can be 100% on a deep ball or if he'll have to just kind of adjust his game. I mean, Marquise Brown at 80% is probably faster than – I don't know how fast some of the those Alabama defense backs are, but Marquise Brown is probably faster than a lot of people at 85%. I tell you, Here's uh, Deontay Thompson, uh, Alabama safety, talking about uh, Marquise Brown today. Are there individuals that sometimes can change just, you know, preparing for an offense versus, you know, really having to key in on a guy? I mean, in this offense, you have to account for a lot of people in in their offense. I mean, they're one hell of a team, and the body of work that they put together this season has been phenomenal. So it's just like in preparing for them, you you prepare just like you prepare for any other team. You you see what – their strengths are, you see what they're good at, you see what they do very well, and and, and that's how you go about practice. You uh, read your keys and do your job and, and try to uh, stop it. As a safety, though, when you know you've got a guy that you know is known for kind of taking the top off the defense, how, how does that change your preparation? I mean, uh, uh, it changes it by me having to stay deep, you know. I'm a safety. Uh, I have to 
be the deepest of the deepest. And I mean, that, uh, I don't feel like that changes. That's been the same for me in every game, just being the deeper, the deepest. And I have to make sure I do a good job of that this week. And see, to me, what that says is they won't have as much help in the run game if Marquise Brown is healthy and is, is out there. Yeah. No, that sounds about right. Because you're going to have to play your safeties deep. I mean, you're going to have to count for the fact that that's one of the fastest guys in college football that can run past you. And now you have a healthy Trey Sermon for the first time since – Halfway through the season, maybe oh you can get some sort of run, some uh, sort of running game going. I'll be honest. I mean, I, if they're giving a lot of carries to Trey Sermon, they're doing it wrong. They need to give it to the best running back on the team. That's Kennedy Brooks. I don't disagree against this defense. You're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna run over Quinnen Williams, right. no, or whoever they throw at you. Well, we we talked about Trey I mean, they're, they're, Sermon's patient running style. It's not going to work. I don't think works as well against this defense. The front seven of Alabama, I would love to know their average star rating. It's probably at least high four something. I mean, that's a group of just a who's who of of the best college football players in America. Yeah. No, you're right. I if mean, you want to take I advantage mean, of those guys, it's going to have to be a Marquise Brown or somebody in the slot that you can get matched up against one of those outside linebackers that – you know, is is normally rushing the quarterback or stopping the run. By the way, I want to remind you guys, uh, this is the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant, uh, unofficial 40 podcast. Uh, they've got their uh, New Year's Eve at Choctaw coming up. Uh, they've got the stellar parties, live music, giveaways uh, going on from December 28th to January 1st, uh, ringing in the new year uh, at Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. I've told you guys about them a lot. I mean, just just outstanding because we want to try and have uh, after the season a get together out there between everybody out at the district, uh, where they got the bowling alleys and the arcade. Uh, they got the the multiplex cinema. They've got the sports bar, uh, and just a lot of great options. Of course, you guys know now in Oklahoma, you've got uh, roulette and you've got the uh, dice games. Uh, so it's I mean it's it's Vegas now. I mean, there's nothing that you, other than sports betting, which will probably be coming pretty soon. There's really nothing that you can't do uh, at the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant that you can't do in Vegas. The The hotel is fantastic. It's right there on 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 the uh, spot. You don't have to walk miles and miles uh, to get to the main gaming casino. And uh, just great restaurants as well uh, as, uh, you know, great steakhouse, uh, great buffets, all that stuff. So if you're looking to kind of have an elevated weekend, go check them out, especially you guys in Dallas. Really easy to get up there. I know a lot, of, a lot of you folks in Dallas listen, so check out Choctaw Casinos and Resorts in Durant. Uh, okay, you know, we also mentioned kind of one of the things that everybody was curious about was kind of how the players are taking Kyler Murray winning the Heisman. It's kind of, you guys know, I mean, these guys are coached up. They're not going to really tell us how they really feel. But at the same time, it's kind of fun watching them dance around this thing. Like that, they, like that. It's not a big deal, or it's not in their heads, or they're not thinking about Do it. Do you think though that that's that's bullshit? I mean, I, I, there's part of me though that thinks these guys really don't. They do they really care all that much that Tua didn't win the Heisman? I think the only reason they care is because of their teammate. If that makes sense, does, I mean, does that make sense as far as like if I think that they understand that Kyler had a pretty damn good year. I don't think that it makes. I don't think they'll go out to the game like. In a way, I think the Torrance Marshall thing, as cool as it was for Oklahoma fans, that was dramatic. And for like an eighth grade Eddie Radosovich, that was like that gave me it my is. first boner. Like, but at the same time, I don't think that it plays into the game as far as 
well, now we're going to play harder. It now is, we're going to try and win a national championship more. It's a fan-generated narrative. For it, sure. It is, For sure. It is that, that thing about uh, it's just like fans want to believe if you recruit kids from Oklahoma – they're gonna play harder. Oh, it means more to Oklahoma. them. It means more. Yeah, like like stop recruiting the four stars from Texas. Go get a three star from Oklahoma. He'll play harder for you. Like there are those kinds of fan generating narrative. It's just like what's happening this week, like with Curtis Bolton. And and I talked to Trey Sermon about this today. It's like people that post on their Instagram about being on the beach and having a good time. It's like you need to stop that. You need to get in the weight room. You need to work out. You need to work on so the game plan. Stupid. Watch the film. <laughs> like that's a fan generated narrative that that. These guys should be just working 24-7, and that will help them win the game. That's not I mean, how real life is. No, and also, this is a business trip. It is a trip for them to, to win the game and you know win a national title, whatever. But this is also supposed to be fun for them. Let's, let's not forget, this is supposed to be a reward for them for the season that they've had. And even if they, you know, whether they win or lose is going to have nothing to do with Trey Sermon and Curtis Bolton hanging out on the beach. Spending a couple hours laying out. Five days before the, the damn game. That's just really stupid. But anyway. You want to hear my discussion with uh, Trey Sermon about all that yeah, today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd get his thoughts on how he looks at all this stuff. Did you get any I, – I find it fascinating, like, you guys go out on the beach or whatever, and you get, like, I guess Buzzy was – somebody was after Buzzy about laying on a bench or something. Like, you should be working. Like, do you get any of that stuff from fans? Like, you, you know, if it shows up, like, they think that you're not working if you're on the beach or something. Uh, does, does it crack you up? I mean, it does crack me up. I mean, I, I think uh, I posted – I posted uh, just laying on the beach, like the water, and then the fan was like, uh, "Get focused, we got a game." <laughs> so I mean, I, I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, <laughs> I mean, uh, I practice all day. Like, it's time for me to relax. Yeah, what are you supposed to do? Practice? That kind of, I guess that kind of points out like that person has no idea what you do yeah. or how you do it or what it takes or whatever. Mm, I mean, yeah, that's what it kind of shows. But I mean, fans. Uh, <laughs> I just want us to win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you ever have you ever run across anything like that before? Like, because that's happened like three or four times this week. Well, nah, I haven't came across it. Besides, uh, when I posted on my store, I mean, usually, like, like when I go hang out on the beach, it's usually kind of like once the sun goes down, nobody's really there. Uh-huh. I just like to just sit there, kind of relax. How do people kind of contact you? Do you get a lot of advice from fans like, hey, if you would have just picked this gap instead of that gap? I mean, does that happen a lot? Uh, yeah, it happened quite a few times. I mean, I kind of, I'd see like a few comments on Twitter, like in my notification box, kind of see a, a little bit of that. But I mean, I don't really, I don't really play You just have to let it slide. I mean, yeah. just. So I, I don't want to sit here and tell fans how to be fans. You're going to be fans. I mean, like, I, you're, I won't let you tell me how to do my job. How about that? And I won't tell you how to do your job. But it's, I've said this forever. Like, coaches and players and media and fans will never understand each other completely because I think coaches sometimes try to understand the media. I think media get frustrated with fans and maybe they don't they think that you know they're just kind of wacky and not reasonable but fans don't make any attempt to understand the media i don't think no (laughs) (laughs) i don't think they do either and that's okay but i mean but nobody nobody it's it's just the way of the world like fans don't understand what players go through 
media doesn't understand why fans are the way they are. Yeah. And it coaches both of them. I mean. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. I mean, I, I, I don't get worked up about what fans say about anything that I write. I mean, I, I try to take criticism the same way that I, you know, like we're our job is to criticize the coaches sometimes. Right. Yeah. So, like, I feel like if a fan is upset with me about something, I I'm sort of a hypocrite if I if I get too worked up about it or you know, block them automatically or something on Twitter. But like, and it also goes back to that, just the, the whole idea of, I think a lot of times, and especially we saw this at the beginning of the season with Mike, it's like people wanted me or, you know, Carrie or Bob or you to attack Mike Stoops during a post-game press conference verbally or probably physically. Oh, I think they would have been fine Why with a physical care? attack. And I, it's, it's one of those things that they go back to as far as like, there's a lot of fans and you know, I, Sometimes I feel like this about the Thunder and the Cubs. It's like, I feel like I'm so invested in it. Why don't you share that same feeling with me? When in reality, I think that they do feel that same investment, but at the same time, they also, they're in it every day. That's, that is their life. So, I mean, they're, they're even more invested than the average fan is, but it, it it's is hard, just kind it's, of it's, a, it's, it's hard, hard to separate. It's hard sometimes for fans to admit or believe that the players that they root for want to win more than they do. Yeah. When and they yes. all or 100% that, do. Or that maybe mm-hmm. their their best just wasn't good enough that day. And that's tough to accept. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's all that's all a good point. You know, what we're talking about fans for just a moment, can we can we take a moment and remember that we have o- Oklahoma's playing the team with the craziest college football fan in the yes. history yes. of the world, Harvey Updike. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> he, the man poisoned the trees at Auburn tumors corner because because they because they put a Cam Newton jersey on the Bear Bryant statue and he got so worked up that he poisoned some trees and then called Paul Feinbaum to brag about it as as one does I I don't know why but we're we're talking about fans I just wanted to throw that in there it's it's an all-time great college football you've uh you've done a lot with Paul Feinbaum over the years uh, been on his show um, is is he living off of blood money? <laughs> like, did he like people knew who Paul Feinbaum was because of his collars, right? Um, but like the Harvey Updike thing put him into another stratosphere. It, yeah, it did. I mean, I think it took. I think that took him national. It made him a na- nationwide name. But I mean, he, you know, he's like, spent- I was, I, I was being in radio. Like I had broadcast at jocks, which, which was his station in Birmingham or, uh, in, uh, was it Birmingham, right? Birmingham. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I, we had, cause we were there for the, uh, NCAA tournament when Blake Griffin was a freshman. And so I was broadcasting from his studios. So like, I knew who Paul Feinbaum was, but like nationally he hadn't blown, that was 2008. He hadn't blown yeah. up like that. Yeah. I mean, I think the Harvey Updike thing definitely. And then being, moving to the SEC network and ESPN. And yeah. He, he was on college game day every week. And I think all of those things sort of took him national, but you know, he was a pretty big deal in the South, but oh, especially yeah. in Alabama. Um, but yeah, no, I mean that it's it, Harvey Updike is one of my favorite it, that and the civil conflict trophy are two of my favorite stories in the in college football of the last decade. You know what? I take what I said back earlier. In the state of Alabama, I think that the fans do care more than the players. They probably do. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that might be true. I think that they do. But it's not a healthy care. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I mean, read... People, people die. 
There's a for book, the Tide and and War Eagle. There's a book uh, called Rammer Jammer Yellow Hammer. It's this New York Times journalist who grew up in Birmingham, I think, and he fu- he uh, went he bought an RV and just spent a season RVing with Alabama fans and wrote a book about it. Uh-huh. And it's one of the best books I've ever read. Like it just writes about the characters, just about all the characters. The like this one chicken farmer who like has chickens in his trailer or in his in his, his uh, RV. thing, his RV, and then. You know the guy who um, wouldn't, who told his daughter, "Don't get married on a Saturday in the fall because I won't be there," and then she did it anyway, and he didn't go to his daughter's <laughs> wedding. That is beautiful. Like, because it was the weekend of Tennessee, and he was in, he was in Knoxville that week. Wow. Like, just it's unbelievable. I am a little surprised that we didn't see. You know how, and I, I it might have been different because it was, uh, I think it was the Cotton Bowl against A and M, but. Weren't there fans like lined up? And maybe it will be like that tomorrow for Media Day at the stadium. But like sometimes you'll see the fans come line up just to get a glimpse of hey, of Nick Saban or I've, to get a glimpse of. I've covered in, in a Super Bowl that happened a little bit. Yeah. I've covered SEC Media Days, and that is nuts. It's insane. Oh, when the fans come into yeah. Birmingham or and, whatever, and they and they keep them in this one little area in the lobby of the hotel. Can you smell them? I didn't. I, I don't remember. But like Radio Row is here. No, Sorry, um, people listening can't see it. But like you walk in, you walk in and uh, yeah, they keep them cordoned off in this little area. And they're just like, oh my God, Nick Saban. And he walks by and then goes up the escalator to media days. It's, just doesn't it's even the craziest the thing I've ever seen. Oh, he'll, I mean, he'll he's sign nice. autographs. Yeah, it seems like he's pretty nice he when knows, he comes he in He knows there. who pays his check. I mean, it's a different world, man. It's funny. It's a world I, I don't want to live in. You know what though? It, I, I think if there's, you know, if they're obviously sorry, we're I, way off track here. Well, if I'm there's sorry. one school that can compete with the fandom and the probably the rabid fanness, I mean, Oklahoma's definitely in there. It's, it's not at like there aren't some crazy fans. No, but it's not like it's not to the level of it. Like I, I love that we cover Oklahoma because we do well financially. We do well. We have a lot of subscribers, but we don't have to put up with the absolute batshit craziest people on earth well i think that a lot of that has to just do with i and this will be taken the uh, the wrong way i'm sure by a lot of alabama fans if they're listening but some of them are just not very smart there's not very not very educated they're listening not very educated people if it has to do with the tide they're listening i promise well then listen here (laughs) i will say this and i told andy staples this today like for as rabid as their fan, and I'll say rabid just to be nice, uh, as rabid as their fan base is, like their media um, scrum or whatever you want to call it, like they're not off the deep end. I you may you may disagree because you spent time <laughs> at SEC they're, country. They're not Clemson. Yeah, Clemson is. <laughs> that's that's a, what I told him. I that's said a new level. That was no. That that's was what like eye opening. That's what I said exactly to Andy. I said. He said, you know, these because he walked up to us and it was it was me and Ryan Aber and Barry Trammell and somebody else. And he said, you know, these are two of my favorite media, um, you know, entities to deal with Alabama and Oklahoma. And uh, I said, I guarantee you Clemson's not anywhere near the top of your list. And he just started laughing. It's it's God awful. Well, it's just and there, but you know what? Those Clemson media gets treated really well. Their policies are really good. I'm sure that I'm sure they are. <laughs> they why. had they had a media day uh, at, back in Clemson where every starter was available. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm can you imagine before going they play, to, went to Dallas? Yeah, going to media to day is I'm sure just go, like going to an alumni reunion. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. And we saw some of that with Texas with Texas A and M. 
Yeah, a little bit. I mean, we get a little glimpse of that. You gotta. I mean, once you're in the cult, you're in the cult, though. But I, I mean, Arkansas. I know you covered Arkansas. Arkansas's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Arkansas. But that's, and I think that's what fans. I, I hate. I'm not know, besmirching the good name of Bob Holt, by the way. I just want to say that he's a great guy. I think fans get into that, like you, you know, fans want want us to be more or expect us to be more fanny or you know more like them. I think the best way to explain it, how we treat it, how we's all, we've always treated it at Sooner Scoop is we understand we have peers and we don't want to be looked down on by those peers. We want to be respected. We want to yeah. do our jobs the right way and we don't want to be fanboys. We don't want to, like, it would be easy for us. We're SoonerScoop.com. We could pander. You know, we could, we, I, I, can, I essentially call a lot of people. Uh, kind of like uh, panhandlers. I mean, they just have websites. It's like they will say anything. They that, have YouTube channels. Yeah. They, okay. Why everybody takes a shot here on that one? Um, but no, they they Notice go that out. Wasn't me. I'm pretty proud of myself. Right yeah, now. it wasn't you. It's amazing. But <laughs> no, I mean, we you can take the easy road and say, oh, we're huge Sooner fans, and we want to you know tell you all the good news, and it. But that's not being professional. That's not. You know, that's not being, I don't, not being I know genuine. you don't care about, yeah, it's not being genuine at all. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the best way to put it. I mean, and don't you want people that are giving, you know, producing information for you to be professionals and to be honest and about not it? Just hacks? Yeah. So you can actually believe what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I would hope and so. And at the end of the day, of course, it's good for us if OU wins. Like, oh, yeah, for, it's, for, it's from a for business standpoint, sure. it's great when if, OU does if well. If OU somehow pulled this thing out, it would be the best thing that ever happened to SoonerScoop.com. But <laughs> sure. I'm not going to be in the press box actively cheering for that to happen. Well, you might be inside if we make that bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You might be on we the still inside. Have time, don't we? <laughs> still we, got still a got, days. we still got a couple days. Slide in my Venmo if you want to get in. I'm quickly running out of money. I don't even know if I'll have $2,000 to I'll, make that bet. I'll front it. But I'll need the help of America to do this. Uh, you, is your Venmo open? Oh, the Venmo's always open. Venmo's always open. You can find it. Well, I found I mean, it when I had to pay you back for your priest outfit. Exactly. By the way, I want to remind <laughs> you, you guys. Postcard to send a catch. Speaking of bills, um, one of the reasons we're going to do so many podcasts while we're down here, we're doing one today. We're going to do one every day until we leave. Uh, and that's because of Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Ed Eskridge has been a great uh, friend to the show uh, at SoonerScoop.com. And remember, they've got their December to Remember event going on. It's uh, happening right now, now through the end of December. It's the best time of the year for you to buy a new Lexus. You'll be seeing, uh, you've been seeing the Red Bow December to Remember commercials all over television. Uh, but it truly is the best time of the year to buy a car. Uh, they've got all the new 2019s out with special holiday incentives. On top of, and make sure when you go, you tell them, hey, I'm a Sooner Scoop podcast listener. I'm a SoonerScoop.com subscriber because they'll give you even better deals on top of the holiday incentives that are going on. So go in and tell them you want the special Sooner Scoop price and uh, tell them you're an unofficial 40 podcast listener, a post-game podcast listener, uh, and Ed Eskridge and the boys will take care of you. At es go check them out, EskridgeLexus.com. Why didn't you guys take a Lexus down here? <laughs> I'm not driving 24 hours. Yeah, the same reason that I, you didn't drive down here, Curzy. Hey, yeah, they're your sponsor. I really thought you guys were going to do that. I was disappointed I when I saw Eddie. I don't think you can resell a car in Oklahoma <laughs> if you drive it all the way to it Florida. It only has 10,000 miles on it. They only drove down to <laughs> goddamn Miami. <laughs> and then back. 
Uh, no, anyway, one thing I, we want to talk about, Jason, uh, you work for The Athletic, uh, do a great job. We've always been friends. Um, you wrote an article this week, an oral history of the 2003 OU team, and you put a lot of work into it. And by the way, uh, we definitely, you said this on Twitter, we encourage people to go subscribe to The Athletic's a great uh, uh, subscription website. It's, out there. it's not very expensive to be a member of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get a lot of, if you're a big, you know, especially if you're a big pro sports fan, NBA fan, uh, you know, NFL fan, you're probably going to subscribe if you're listening to this just because for, for his Sooner stories. But uh, tell us a little bit about kind of yeah. your, your oral history of the 03 Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah, well, that's a team. So I was a junior in high school. Probably Eddie was too that year that, uh, that OU in 2003. And I've always been fascinated by that team because they were unstoppable, unbeatable. They beat Texas by 52. They beat OSU by 41. And they beat A&M in that infamous 77-0 yeah. game. And, uh, and then they were being called the greatest team of all time. And then it just all collapsed in that Big 12 title game, 35-7. to And I've always been Darren fascinated. Darren Sproles. Yes, by that team. And then they, they still made, they still were number one in the BCS and made the national title game and lost really close game to LSU. So um, with it being 15 years since that team, I thought this would be a good time to sort of look back on that. So I've done, you know, more than two dozen interviews um, with a bunch of players from that team and Bob Stoops, Mike Stoops, Brent Venables, Kevin Wilson. I've talked to a lot of people and um, kind of wanted to just sort of nail down what happened. And Kerry, you covered that team, yeah. I, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so it's just, I, thanks for including me in your article. Well, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't want to do Go that. Back and rehash. You don't want to be, re- I talked to re- Dave Sittler. I, I figured Dave Sittler, he's retired. He has more time. <laughs> I, I did ask Jenny Carlson to do it and she declined. To be wow. Interviewed. Big time. Um, just the Oklahoma and, uh, <laughs> hard feelings there. Um, but, uh, anyway, that I should be your next story. Why didn't she want to be involved? <laughs> I've always been uh, really interested in that team, and I talked to Jason White, Kewan Jones, uh, Teddy Lehman, and uh, you know a ton of guys. And um, I, I think the most interesting things I've I learned were that Bob Stoops regrets uh, not just continuing to score in the A and M game. He said that uh, you know the criticism came anyway via Mike Lupica, who did not respond to multiple attempts to contact. Multiple, you did. multiple, huh? You did multiple attempts to contact. What a him. little prick! Just and, a little uh, spineless prick. I I just wanted a response. I feel like media people owe each other at least that, and he's big time me. So. Well, Mike Lupica, I mean, if you wrote, you know. It for the New York Times or you know something yeah. like up east, back east. I'm sure he would have contacted you right back. Yeah. And so, but uh, I did get a great story from Bob Stoops about about Mike Lupica, in that three months after the or not three months, month or so after the season ended that year, Bob was at the Super Bowl with Toby Keith because he was doing the halftime show or something. Small humble brag on Bob's part too. Oh, yeah. just walking in, <laughs> walking into the Super Bowl. But uh, he said he was going down to the field level. The elevator door opens, and Mike Lupica was one of two people in there. So he walked in and stuck his hand out and said, "Hi, I'm Bob Stoops." And he said Lupica like just sort of turned away from him and wouldn't wow. look at him. And uh, and he said he, he said a little he, bitch. Yeah, he's just a little <laughs> bitch. But uh, but yeah, I even got that video. ESPN dug up that video of him on the sports reporters for me. Nice. Um, so I mean, another thing, interesting thing was Bob said that if they'd scored at the end of that LSU game on that last drive, that he was going to go for two because of uh, how the crowd was against them and everything. So, got, but there's tons of little nuggets like that. Brett Bielema was the defensive coordinator for Kansas State that year. Yeah, I talked to yeah. him 
about That's kind of a about small sh- world about, little type thing. Yeah, like no, I didn't it even was. realize that. Before yeah, you, before I read your article. Yeah, and uh, you know he talked about getting in Jason White's head. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I really hope people will go check it out because that I put th- a solid three months of work into it's that. It's like ten thousand words. It's ten thousand words. Best yeah. best interview that you didn't see coming from it. Oh man! Um, like you thought, this one's gonna suck, but I just gotta try try to do it. I kind of expected them all to be good, I would say, but I, I was really pleasantly surprised by like Vince Carter and Wes Sims were both really good talking about. Uh, I mean, oh, and then they get into all the the reasons why they knew they were gonna crush Texas every year back then, about how weak they were and uh-huh. how weak willed they were, and um you know they were great uh Derek Strait was really good um Layman was was awesome but I knew he would be um anyway it, it, a lot of, a lot of good stuff in there and I appreciate you letting me uh, plug that a little bit here is is that 2003 team and I guess you could make the argument that you know some of these teams here in recent years especially last year uh but I'm not even going to count them because they didn't make a national championship game is that the best team not to win a national championship or would at OU yeah or would the 2008 team be better than that I mean I they guess were you, a lot you could make the argument close. last year too because it's close I think they were they were better at uh running back in 08 they were bet well without DeMarco right um they were about equal I mean Chris Brown probably a little bit better than Kiwan Jones um, I mean that Kiwan Jones was really the only weak link of that team. Well, and they lost Ronaldo Works late in that season yeah. too. He got hurt. That yeah. was a big part of what changed their offense too. What could have been? I mean, it, and then, I can and still then, remember watching but, the I mean, ball sell over Kiwan Jones's hands there. Yeah. If mm-hmm. Quentin Griffin hadn't played as a true freshman, he would have been a yep. senior. I don't know how much that came up. Kevin Wilson brought that up when okay. I talked to him about that. I don't think I've got that into the story, but yeah. I mean, that would have been. One of the best offenses that ever played in the history of college football. And Quentin Griffin burned his redshirt, right? Yeah, his, in 99. 99 when, so uh, he would have been. Against, like, Baylor in, like, a 70 to nothing game, right? Iowa State. Or it was Iowa State. Yeah. Wasn't it a big blowout? And It was a close game. I mean, it was, uh, you know, they started out that season. Uh, God, what was it? Michael um, Kid from Coffeyville. It was a running back, a little bowling ball type guy. And then. It was Reggie something from the, Reggie, Reggie of, Skinner, maybe? Reggie Skinner from NEO. Yeah. that came in and like Q was all they had left. And it's wild. But I mean, you get into that season. There's stuff like uh, the Alabama game in Tuscaloosa where Michael Thompson caught the fake punt. Yeah, mm-hmm. almost back, dropped it. Coming back from his, uh, and I got to talk to him to Michael Thompson really? about about coming back from his, uh, you know, horrific car wreck. Yeah, he almost died it during the offseason, right? And, and that was sort of his. He he was never the same player, but that was a big contribution he got to have. So there was just all kinds of intriguing things throughout it, and I really really enjoyed uh, enjoyed putting the work in on that one. So a lot of transcribing, but it, but it was. You know what's crazy is in 2003, uh, going to Alabama, um, I came away from that thinking, wow, like these are the nicest fans that I've ever come across. Like they were fantastic. The people were fantastic because I remember a radio station did a thing like on their campus corner. So I'd walked all the way to the station. So I'd met several people on the way there. Just of course they weren't any good then. They didn't have all the Twitter Neanderthals that are rooting for them now. Yeah, and but I also think too at the same time that there's a lot of mutual respect between Oklahoma and Alabama fan bases. Like Oklahoma walks into you know Tech and they you look down on those people. I mean, there's there's (laughs) but the Alabama it's like. You kind of get it. You're you're on. I mean, obviously, Alabama's been the top dog for a while here over the last five years. But there's a mutual like, oh, you're a blue blood brother. 
does, does, I mean, being in the SEC, does, does You're a triple Auburn, B, a blue blood brother, does Auburn play that very similar role that Oklahoma State plays in the way they interact with? Is it like, well, Alabama's got a bunch of t-shirt fans and all the Auburn yes. fans actually went to school. Yes. There. Oh, yes. I got in trouble on Twitter for comparing Oklahoma State to Auburn uh, earlier this month. <laughs> really? Well, it was because when everybody was saying Bob Stoops to Auburn was a oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember geez. that. Yeah. And I yeah. just said that would be the same thing as Nick Saban retiring and taking the Oklahoma State job. And I got Auburn fans just lost their shit at me for suggesting that. I'm sure there's a little bit of... Uh, Little brother syndrome. Auburn is a better program historically than Oklahoma sure. State, but it is still an apt. Yeah, comparison. they won a national championship. It's still an apt last comparison. Decade. Well, Oklahoma State won one in forty-five. I don't know if you heard about that. <laughs> well, they did. That's that's um, a fair point. <laughs> but anyway, I'm I'm really proud of this project. So, I really hope people will very cool. will go check it out. Very nice. Uh, okay, uh, so we've had media some media today. Tomorrow is the big media day. Uh, I'm trying to kind of go through and just was there anything that stood out to you guys? Uh, today that really we haven't even uh, we haven't hit on. No, not really. I mean, I, th- this game for me comes down to a, obviously it's going to be what can you get out of Oklahoma's defense, and I, I think that you know it's going to be interesting to see what they can draw up as far as uh, you know I, can they can they get pressure on Tua? Can they force any turnovers? Because you look at the last two games of the season. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that it's not a coincidence that their last two games of the season. Uh, and even though they gave up 56 to West Virginia, they played probably their two more complete games of the year, and it was because in Morgantown you get two turnovers, turn those into 14 points, and then obviously against Texas you had the big play in the end zone and you got the safety. Yeah. And, and they played just a sound game against Texas. I think from a media perspective, the or just the most interesting stuff is going to come from come tomorrow because we're going to get to talk to Buki for get the first get time. To talk to the freshmen. We're going to talk finally. to Lonnie Perkins. We're going to. Um, Get to talk to Bob Diaco and get to talk to, you know. Carrie Cooks and what this Pete month has Golding. been like. Pete Golding will be available on the Alabama side for the first time. So, I, I mean, I so can, I'm just not interested I can, in talking to Pete Golding. I'm not either. I don't think he's coming. I, I don't think there's any way he's, he gets. Although, he's I can guarantee you how it's going to go. I will say. He's not going to say shit. I yeah. will say, I did, you know, talking to the Alabama people today, that uh, some Alabama people, there's some thought in Tuscaloosa that, uh, if Pete Golding has these, you know, keeps having these offers like Ole Miss and if Oklahoma comes along, uh, that they might be forced to make uh, Tosh Lapoy their defensive coordinator because he's going to want a raise if Pete Golding gets a raise, uh, and that would mean that they basically have to make him their defensive coordinator. They're, they'd have to pay him so much they yeah. couldn't justify having co-coordinators. Yeah. Huh. I mean, escalation. So I don't know. I mean, that's just a guy who will be available tomorrow. But there's just all these people we haven't gotten to talk to on the. Are side. we just serving it as Pete Golding's agent though? If we make a big deal out of this tomorrow, you, that's a solid, solid. Point. We need to contact some people see if we can get a cut out of this. But from the OU side, I mean, like I said, Buki, Ronnie Perkins, um, you know, any any number of guys. Austin Kendall will be available tomorrow. Be really interested to know him, kind of what he's thinking. Um, he did just graduate, so. Um, you gotta be thinking, yeah, this is my job next year. Won't you, young punks? Just you know, I'm gonna show you something. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe he'll say that. I don't know. He is the kind of guy that would say something like that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. 
So is it, coach, is it a, you can't coach them all up, OU. That, that's We're going to get to one. Austin, is it, a, is it just a basic decision for you that you either stay or you go? <laughs> oh, <Basic>. no. <laughs> that 45 minutes is going to fly by if you, tomorrow. If you could describe Alabama's defense in two words, <laughs> and one of those words had to start with a B, what would you say? What if you thought about it for a minute and then winked and said, bitch? <laughs> I think Austin Kendall might be the first person to get sent home from a bowl game for simply saying something wrong to the media. If they sent him home for that, that would be that would be brutal. Um, is, is the best bowl scandal you've ever covered, Carrie? The uh, um, the Burlington Coat Factory is that is that number one? Because I wasn't there for that. You know, it wasn't really. It was such a. It was, Who was that even? What, Demarcus Granger. Yeah, yeah Demarcus Granger. Right. And it was, it was, I felt horrible for Didn't Jake somebody Trotter. Else get... Because Jake Trotter, I think Mike Sherman, made him go to the Burlington Coat Factory and interview <laughs> all the employees and the manager. So why do you like, suck this, at your job? How happened, could you let this 6'4 guy this, walk out of here? The funny thing about it, it was such a, it was like a, you know, it was a, it was a big news story, but. We were driving to media day, the biggest day, just like tomorrow. It's the biggest day for media during the week, and you're there for an entire week. And my thought was, I'm not going to let some guy stealing a coat take away from 10 other interviews I could do today yeah. that everyone wants to hear from. You well, know? But see, Jake Trotter spent his day at the Burlington Coat Factory. Well, see, I, mine is uh, my one year on the Arkansas beat, uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, the tight end, star tight end, senior, um, at the Belk Bowl. They gave him a $500 shopping spree. Every player, $500 uh -huh. at Belk. And he he tried to shoplift extra shit out of the Belk store, <laughs> like socks and underwear and shit. He was like throwing stuff in his bag and they caught him and he got sent out. He got like suspended for the game for his last game of his college career. Odd. And uh, he still I, got drafted, didn't he? Yeah, like third round. He's with the Redskins. Okay. And I, uh, but I. Like I broke that story, but it was because I I got a wind of it, and I went to the Belk store. Of course, I didn't have anything else to do that day, but I went to the Belk store, and all the employees had clearly been told, "No, nothing happened." <laughs> that's my favorite. It's the Belk Bowl. Yeah. They don't want any controversy or surrounding it. He or shoplifted from possible. a Belk on a Belk shopping spree at the Belk Bowl. It's epic. <laughs> what it's an, is it's an all timer? What is Belk? What is Belk? It's like Dillard's. It's, it's like Dillard's okay. in the South. Okay. I mean, I, uh, to be honest, I think Joe Mixon is the, the biggest controversy that I've ever seen at a, at a bowl. Setting. That was chaos. It was, was, a it was chaos. It was surreal in a way. It was off putting maybe. Well, and it wasn't I felt bad uh, for and, everyone. And it, OU, it, nobody OU was, was a winner that day. OU was screwed from the beginning because of an orange bowl employee that was not, Acting under, uh, he basically he was went like rogue. a low level guy. Yeah, he went rogue, <laughs> rogue and announced that if anyone asked about uh, Joe Mixon's legal situation, that they would be removed, and that just it immediate like Lindsay Schnell, I like I could see her head exploding like as he announced that, like she was beside herself that she could, that anyone could be told they would be removed for asking a question. Didn't and she go back and like put on a Rosie the Riveter outfit and come back and then start asking <laughs> asking questions? No, am I thinking of something else? God damn it! <laughs> she work at the athletic? 
No, no. no okay. She's a news reporter for USA Today now. Okay. Hmm. Sucks to see that. But Lindsay's it, a good friend. But yeah, I'm shaking Lindsay, your head. No, Lindsay's. I mean, Lindsay, <laughs> look. <laughs> I can say that that Jason Kersey is not doing that. (laughs) No, it was just a bad situation. It was. And I don't blame Lindsay. I mean, I know she got raked over the coals, but... That whole thing could have been handled so much better by everybody involved, though, because they OU let that thing stew for so long. For OU not to... And Joe Mixon's lawyers, and I mean... It's it's his lawyers that I blame the most, but for OU not to work something out with his lawyers before all that went down, it was was a huge mistake. It was terrible. And and the game turned out even worse, which... Were they... Was OU leading at halftime? Yes, they were. 14 to 13. That's right. That's right. And they didn't score again. 17-16. Oh, Shit, my bad. I think I I think I tweeted at halftime that Bob OU's loves nothing more than correcting people. <laughs> he really does. He's so smug. Just sits over here and just waits for people to <laughs> fuck up. Bring it. All right. Uh, I appreciate all y'all's time. Yeah. I'm gonna stop it right here because we'll be I know tomorrow. at least there's an f bomb that I can delete there at the end. We'll be back tomorrow. The, tomorrow will be a, a loaded day of information. I do think it's gonna be good, and uh, I, it probably will be better than the game. No way. I think the game's good. I think it. Uh, we'll get to that. I got. I got to see more of what's said and you know what's talked about. And I judging by Can today, we get some controversy tomorrow. How do we create controversy tomorrow? Oh, people will try. I mean, somebody piss off Saban. You think? I think uh, Austin Seibert might uh, be in for some fireworks. What if Seibert was the one that like got underneath uh, Nick Saban's skin after the AL.com reporter took a shot at him today? Well, Seibert did cause Brecken Hager to delete his Twitter account. He, he did. did. He did. wanted to know. True. <laughs> Damn, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Mm, horns, up, horns up for peace. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Jason Kersey, for joining us. Uh, Thanks appreciate for it. Me. Uh, thank you to Bob Prisbillo, Eddie Radosovich. Yep. Uh, by the way, uh, quickly, sorry, we forgot one thing. Uh, the Coupel Works, uh, uh, want to r- uh, remind you guys that uh, this weekend, go stock up. Coupel Works, uh, they've been a, a nine, they're a nine-year-old craft brewery in Oklahoma City. Seven year-round beers, four seasonals. Make sure you stock up on uh, your for your tailgate this weekend with some of Coop's F5 IPA or the Horny Toad Blonde, my personal favorite. Uh, also, check out the Grand, uh, Grand Sport Porter. That is out now. They're a holiday selection. It's fantastic beer as well. So uh, thanks to Coop Works for also making this possible and making these podcasts possible while we're here in Fort Lauderdale slash Miami slash Hollywood. So thanks for listening to this episode of the Official 40. We'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, the rest of the podcast will be going up on the uh, post-game podcast page on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, wherever you get your podcast. So thanks, everybody. We'll see you guys back tomorrow for another podcast uh, here from the Orange Bowl. Uh, see you then.